You're listening to The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banter. We're on a side quest right now, trying to figure out which of the 10 2022 Best Picture nominees should take home the big award. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Tucker Hazel, Tanner Dykstra, and Abram Buner. The Quest for the Bestest begins in just a moment. Welcome back to the quest for the bestest. We're on our side quest looking at all the best picture nominees of 2022. And today we are going down a little trip into sports, into biopic. How surprising for the Oscars to pick a biopic. And we are going to be talking about King Richard. That's right. Starring Will Smith. It's about the, the Williams family of tennis, super mega ultra stars. I want to hear what you guys think about it because Believe it or not, I've got some thoughts about this film Wow! Um, that I might or might not divulge. We'll see how the course of this whole review goes. Maybe I'll need to keep my cards close to my chest or not. I don't, I have no idea why I would need to do that, actually. Let's talk about what we did last <laughs> week, and then we can talk about King Richard. Last week, if you caught the episode, not week, last time, we were talking about Belfast, which ended up at our third spot on the list in between The Power of the Dog and Nightmare Alley at a score of 8.1. So all in all, I think we enjoyed the film quite a bit, and um, three of our scores reflect our very similar thinking on it. So if you want to check out our review, go do that. It's uh, it's available. It's available. Okay, King Richard, anyone want to start us off? What are your well, thoughts uh, on the sports movie? Yeah, what's uh, up, Tanner? Uh, Timo, first, do we do do we if, do we do featured comments? Is that something we do on this show? I have one pulled up if we want to if we want to read it out. I think so we I can. Guess we're, no, I guess I we're think, going for it. Then. I think uh, we can do a little featured I comment. I didn't ever remember if we did it or not. Um, but I, I picked this one because John Tour Eleven, famed member, famed uh commenter on on Quest videos, had this to say about the film Coda. I, yeah. I picked oh. this one because he's agree- in agreement with me. This oh, is the best sure. feel good movie I've seen in years. High School Musical is really not my thing, but here it works because all the other fantastic elements of the film. This was heartwarming, hilarious, and sad in a wonderful mix. I absolutely loved it. 9 out of 10. Can this be the underdog and beat the other more powerful dogs for Best Picture? I hope so. John Tour 11 with maybe a little uh, a Power of the Dog reference there with Coda being the underdog. And, uh, you know, a, power the dog power of the dog. The powerful dog. The powerful dog. Having all mm-hmm. the power of the dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Powerful. saying this. Truly, wise, mm-hmm. wise beyond his years words coming from John Tor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, what did you guys think about this film? Abram, you got a little grin on your face, so I'm going to make you go first. What do you think? Okay, yeah, uh, so this is one of the Oscar movies that was actually on my radar when it released, um, mm-hmm. because I am a, a big fan of tennis. I, I play it all through it. <laughs> I played all through it high school. Uh, my, my family plays, um, so I was looking forward to it. Uh, I didn't watch it, um, but, but finally seeing it now... I think this movie is really weird. Um, I had a I had a great time watching it, uh, and as I, the movie is two and a half hours long, as we're going to discuss. Mm-hmm. But at about ninety minutes in, basically when we're leaving for Florida, yeah, um, I put a message in the back lot saying, "I'm really liking this movie, but I have no." effing idea how we're getting another ninety minutes of runtime into this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did it. I think huh? that King Richard is consistently fun for its entire runtime. I think it could have about 30 minutes trimmed out somewhere. I think coming in about two hours, this movie's more manageable. 
But my issues with it really begin to arise when you realize how lopsided a portrayal of of Richard Williams this movie is. Mm-hmm. When you get two hours into the movie and then we learn that he's he was a deadbeat father and we learn all of this stuff about him and then we start to contextualize it within this movie, which kind of takes away the achievement of Venus and Serena and puts it squarely on their father... The movie becomes really weird. So uh, while I think it's incredibly enjoyable, um, I don't really know how I feel about it coming out the other side now. Mm-hmm. I, I had an epiphany about this movie watching it last night at, at work at the library. I, it was a boring night. I was watching a movie that I'd already seen before. Yeah. Um, but I realized that what makes this movie so interesting to me, but it's also kind of to its downfall, is that I kind of like that they chose to do a biopic about the dad of Venus and Serena Williams. That's so random. Like, if if you're telling me, okay, we're going to do a sports biopic. It's about Venus and Serena Williams. I'm like, great. Let me check my watch. Yeah, I've seen sports biopics before. Congratulations. But I think framing it through the eyes of this really goal-oriented, like, super high-level thinking guy is interesting. But also, yeah. he's not really the interesting character of, these movie, of this movie. It is inspirational and important because his daughters were successful. And so when you start to realize most of the way through the movie, it's like, no, actually, yeah, they're shifting towards Venus's story because, yeah, of course they are. It's like, okay, then what's the point? Like, there's such a weird balance in this film that I think works for the most part, but on sort of a conceptual level, it's like, yeah, this is cool, but what the heck? Why? Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat, Tucker. Um, Tucker and I saw this uh, in in theaters when it came out. Um, I, I think I think we double King featured Richard it. With, yeah, I think we double featured it with a uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So really, a home run day. Or uh, I don't know what what's a tennis what's a tennis grand thing slam for a man a grand slam a day. Isn't that also for, baseball? For, that's yeah, also I think baseball. So. How about a service ace? A service ah, ace day for for movies. And um, on a rewatch, I was like, "Am I gonna like this more?" I have, I had an I had an itching feeling I was gonna like it less, but like, King Richard is like a good movie, you know. It's just one of those movies that I think I said this to Tucker while we were walking out of work at the library the other day. It's a movie that you only need to watch once. It's a movie that does not service itself at all to being rewatched. You know, a lot of movies you can be like, "Oh man, I got so much more out of these characters and the plotline and everything." I'm like, nope, King Richard just gives you everything up front. And sometimes that sometimes it falters a little bit. Sometimes it's quite enjoyable, but it's just it wears everything on its sleeve. You know, it, mm-hmm. everything that it is, it's not hiding anything. Yeah, it doesn't really have any tricks. It doesn't. There are no tricks up King Richard's sleeve. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like Will Smith, you cannot teach a fresh prince new tricks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> Timo. I think that I well, I don't think I like this movie quite a bit. Um, and I found myself really compelled by Richard as uh, the central character. And I agree with you, Tucker, that the idea to frame this sports biopic narrative of two people through their father, um, was super interesting and engaged me throughout the film. Cause I'm like, Oh, like, Whoa, okay. They're going to be, they're going to be good because they, their dad is like all, you know, he's crazy. He, he's going to make <laughs> them good if it, you know, ruins everyone. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that whole um, the conflict that arises from that was all just very, very interesting towards to me, and so I was like, kind of wrapped up in that whole thing. Um, and I liked the movie. I mean, I thought that the 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 sports aspects of it were fun, and it's like, oh dang, you know, 
during when it shifted more towards Venus's story at the end, I wasn't necessarily super upset about that because I'm like, well, yeah, she's she. We we have to see if the payoff of of Richard's um all of his work and all of this is is going is going to happen. And mm-hmm. there's I think there are plenty of feel good moments throughout the entire film that are just kind of like yeah, and the, there's good comedy. And I think it's aesthetically very nice. I think it's a very beautiful film as well. So yeah. on the whole, I, I, I'm pretty positive on it. I, I don't know if it's that I, this was the first time I saw the film. So I, I'm, you know, right off that. Um, but I don't necessarily see a huge amount of the flaws that you guys, you guys saw. But maybe you can teach me about them and my mind might change or it might not. But here, and here's the weird thing, Timo. I don't think this movie is especially flawed in any way. I think no. there are critiques that you can levy at it. Like, I was thinking about it, like, you could maybe tell a more compelling film if you maybe keep Will Smith, but our main character is Venus and or Serena or Venus and Serena, and that's sort of them coming to grips with their father's huge ego and expectations for them. But, like, as King Richard stands now, it is a weird decision to make it about uh, Richard and really only an Oscar vehicle for Will Smith. Um, but he's good, but like his character is still good and has complexities and he realizes the error of his ways. So it's not flawed in that, in that like main, main leading character respect. Um, and you know, I, 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 like I said, I don't, I think this movie is good and there are, you know, there's a number of elements that we can talk about it with, namely the performances. I think that's going to be what we're going to be spending a lot of our discussion on because I think, all the main performers in this do a good to very good job, I think. Yeah, goblin. Yeah. Here's what here's what I want. I, I, I thought there was gonna be another clause on that yeah, sentence so that I was pausing for a <laughs> no. second. No, no, but, really. um, I, I suppose before we really interrogate the characters and I guess mainly Will Smith, because this is his movie, yeah. I, I think where I come down on on the framing of the narrative to be this. I like that it focuses on Richard and then flips basically uh, at the time in which Venus's struggle for autonomy against him becomes more pronounced. Mm-hmm. I think that idea of her taking the, the foreground of the narrative for like the last pr- probably 45 minutes of the film yeah, is it's like, smart. It's like 35 to 45 minutes. Is yeah. It in that? Uh, my, my problem with it, it just is this. I don't, I, le- I, like, I like hearing Richard's story, but I feel like there is n- n- basically no nuance to it. And this is where I get frustrated. Mm. He is presented as the, as the good guy front to back mm-hmm. which he was but again we learn more about his character that paints him in a light as a man who needs to be redeemed in some respects mm-hmm. learn that his son came and then he just basically flat out rejected him i i feel like in in that flip to venus the the movie is like subtly pushing you to realize that he has been holding the girls down even though it's also very explicitly told to you but I don't feel like that last hour does really enough or anything to interrogate the fact that, yeah, Richard Williams is a fucking mastermind. Mm-hmm. But he, he was also maybe not as good of a man as he was presented to be by that first hour and a half. And I think if there had been a shade of gray somewhere in there, I think this would have been a more compelling way to frame the entire story. And the thing is, they, they approach on that shade of gray when he's literally about to murder that guy in like in the street and then uh, the guy gets shot down anyway. But he was planning on, I assume he was planning on murdering him. Maybe, maybe he was just going to go intimidate him, but I, I think he was going to kill him. Uh, before he has that sort of change of change of heart that no he doesn't nah. have a change of heart he sees the guy get killed and he's like 
well, I better get out of here. I so don't think get, I oh, boy. <laughs> well, yeah. how, how, There's how, no change of heart there. Boy, how do you thank you, drive-by shooter? Mm. Yeah, exactly. You did, you did my work for me. But mm. I think I think the interesting of what Abram is saying, it kind of pervades a lot of this movie, is there isn't anything wrong with telling a, a heartfelt biopic story, you know, uplifting, inspirational, um, tells the story of very important inspirational people, uh, and framing it through the eyes of Richard Williams is very interesting. However, what Abram's talking about, the fact that he's, for, for 95% of the runtime, presented as a good guy who has all these plans that are going to work pretty much categorically, which historically, maybe that's true, but there's got to be some other layer behind it, is that it, it essentially means there's basically no conflict. We know Venus and Serena are going to be great at tennis. We know they are going to be successful and inspirational, but as they get there, they're just listening to their dad and for, you know, 90% of it, just enjoying it, listening to him, like following his steps one by one. Like there's no conflict between them versus their dad. He is just telling the coaches, no, this is exactly how my plan is going. And it always goes his way. Like it, it seems to like just sand over bumps where a conflict could appear that would create tension between characters, but it just, everything always comes up Richard Williams. And then, ah, <laughs> oh, shucks, it's over. Mm. I, and I think that that to me, means that it, it's it's kind of a toothless film. It's a it's a heartfelt film. It's a very well-made film. I don't think it's particularly flawed in, in a, any large sense, but it does mean it's like there's not really a lot of things to grip me, especially as someone who is not invested in tennis, is not invested in, in sports stories or biopics especially. The lack of conflict in this movie just kind of makes it a buttery ride all the way through. I think buttery for sweet. me, the, the deal with, with the conflict is that um, I... You know, I know Venus and Serena Williams are like the greatest tennis players to ever like be on the planet. Okay, they're mm -hmm. insanely good at the game. And as soon as the film started, it, it kind of like clicked up, clicked within me. I was like, oh, this is okay. But how did they get there? What are the steps that they took? And so it's not. It's certainly not about the the ending place of them. Yeah, no, it's, of course, it, it's that's guaranteed because um, it's real life. But the way that they get there and the conflicts that arise between the coaches and all this stuff of a tale that I like sort of know, I, I, I at least know uh, the, the bare minimum about it, but being able to see the, the backroom dealings, the stuff at the tennis court and the one element I think that the film could have just gotten a lot heavy hand, more heavy handed in is the way that Richard Williams thinks about tennis as like this racialized sport and the mm -hmm. way that that is essentially driving him forward in in his in his quest to be like no like we're doing tennis because tennis is super white and th yeah. and these white people need to be kind of freaked out by their the best players in the sport being black and so the film touches on that i think it brings it up a little bit there's some points of conflict here and there where you know oh well rich white tennis players are kind of racist huge surprise Yep, <laughs> I think it could have gone more. I think it could have delved gel delved into that more because that I was like, oh wow, that's a really really interesting idea and a concept that he's he's doing this because he wants to. It's a business and whatever, but also he's doing it because of you know he kind of wears on his sleeves. He wears on his sleeve the reason why he's doing this. He explains it like over and over and over again in the film. He's like, I didn't have all this stuff when I was growing up, so you're but you're gonna have it. I'm gonna make sure that you have it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the 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 racial element of that argument of that reasoning for Richard doing what he does was was super interesting and even though I think it wasn't there enough compelling enough that it was bringing me forward yeah. keeping yeah. pulling me forward throughout the film. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting, you know, and th there's even the the darker flip side to that which is uh you know Richard Williams's character flaw in that 
you know, he says that um, the world never had any respect for Richard Williams, uh, but they're going to have respect for you. And and that is the driving. And it, it's really his like ego and like he's projecting onto the success, the, the perceived success of Venus and Serena. And that's well, why I, I don't think it was perceived. I think they they actually did well, yeah. become quite his, successful. <laughs> his perceived success of them in that in that he is predicting they will become successful. Oh sure, yeah. His yeah, future yeah. projections. His future projection that they will become successful. He's premonition. He is he is uh putting his failures onto them and being like, I will make sure that these that these two girls are successful and that will prove that I am successful. And mm-hmm. in that same turn Though, uh, you know, that's why he's still maybe a little afraid to let them get into juniors and, you know, fall into some of the traps that come with being a teenage sports celebrity. Like we see that one girl gets arrested. Um, and so he he is afraid of failure himself because he's failed a lot in his life. We literally the, the thing is about, about a lot of this stuff, it just gets spelled out to us in like big Oscar momenty scenes. Like yeah. between him and Anjanu Ellis in the kitchen, which is a great scene, but they just say these things that like, no, Richard, you're you're afraid of failure, and that's why you don't want them to go into the the junior tournaments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just I just think that those scenes are so good that we could have projected more of that into mm-hmm. it. I I think that exactly. Yeah, you tell this story of incredible success, both on the girl's behalf and his behalf. But you, if you tell that through a more interpersonally antagonistic lens, I think exactly. it brings out all of these tensions a lot stronger. The tensions yeah. between the parents, the tensions between the Williams family and the sort of racist institutions that they're battling against. Because that scene and then the scene where he goes to, pretty much directly after, goes out to, to the court and, and Venus is practicing and he, he's trying to feed her balls and she's trying to hit him and then they have that conversation of, about... Uh, his, his about Richard's past. I think we start to get more shades of of nuance and texture that that sort of contextualize these issues and br- like make it so much more than just the controlling man with the plan who makes mm. everything happen. Yeah. Uh, it w- it would have been a more complicated and uh, maybe less favorable narrative, but I think it's one that would have been more powerful and more empowering. I think, mm. but w- because what we get here. It's a really fun narrative, but I just don't know if it has any grit to it. Important yeah, exactly. to That's recall. What I'm with lack of grip. Important mm-hmm. to recall that Venus and Serena Williams are both credited as producers on the film. So mm-hmm. as is Will Smith. Yeah. 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 The what's interesting about that, and I did a little bit of reading on this. This the believe Research, it or not, Abram. The the, the Venus and Venus and Serena mm-hmm. are ambivalent to positive on the film they mm. said that their mom has has seen the film but did not complain so so she must like it mm. but it is it is their half sister who comes from the family that richard started and then subsequently left mm-hmm. to go have venus and serena and their mm. sisters who was very critical on what she felt was a a, a portrayal of of richard williams that told half of the story sure mm. and i just think that there's ways to centralize all of the characters and make the same empowering sports landmark narrative here but tell it in a way that i think feels more human than than this film ends up feeling yeah because the, the lack of the for the more majority of the runtime lack of bad side to richard williams is is kind of like confusing You're like there's gotta be 
there's got to be something going on with this guy. And then mm. you find out that there is. And I think Abram's right. And also Venus and Serena's half-sister is right. Is he, This guy is not perfect. And, and painting him for the majority of the runtime pretty much as such, it, it makes me feel a little bit weird. And I do think that if we knew earlier in the film that he had had this past and he's trying to essentially atone for it and that's why he's so attentive to his daughters and cares so mm -hmm. much about his family and so much about his success i think that would have honestly m made my reading of all of his character's choices and moments for the first two-thirds of the film a lot more engaged a lot more interested mm -hmm. i'm like okay i know i know why he's doing this and that he he isn't just doing this because he had a gigabrain idea that tennis is the sport to do and i'm gonna write uh, three my tomes my 78 page book. Of my daughters exactly <laughs> um, yeah what I was going to say was, I don't know if I would use the word perfect for Richard. I think I, what I would do, is, what I would say is that he's just like a very safe character for Will Smith to play. As in, sure. he, they don't present him with a lot of like moral failings. They present mm -hmm. him with uh, character flaws that you can sympathize with. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy, you know, from everything we know about him growing up in, what is he, like Mississippi or Alabama or whatever, like one of the first lines that he says is that I grew up running away from the KKK and the cops and white racists and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, I can sympathize that life dealt him a bad hand as a, as a, in his childhood. And, you know, he had, he had some economic failings and stuff like that. Uh, and that's why he's projecting these things. I can mm -hmm. understand that. And I, and I feel bad for Richard. But yeah. Then later in the film, you're presented with these things like, no, he like he, he had another family that he basically left in his left in his dust and all these other things that pre that present a bit more of like a bit of bite to his character that i feel like they didn't want to foreground because they wanted this to be a very safe oscar-winning performance for will smith they don't want anyone to get any you know bad ideas about uh, richard williams mixed up in will smith's performance they want they want the fresh prince to have his oscar and it'll probably pay off for him it's the grand well, really scheme. Good. I mean, yeah, I think I think the, he is uh, a shoe in for win yeah. of the of the best actor. Absolutely. If I can pivot into some nominees, I'll get those out of the way quick here a second. Uh, Will Smith, obviously nominated for uh, best actor in a leading role, probably gonna win that. Is the is the predicted winner across every platform that I've seen. Not that uh, I played out that way last year. That's Keep true. That, that is true. <laughs> this is a fair point. Come on, Andrew Garfield, you got this, buddy. You you got this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is obviously uh, nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Anjanou Ellis uh, for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. She's fantastic when this movie actually uh, puts her in the spotlight for, for brief moments. Uh, this film is also nominated for Best Editing, Best Original Screenplay, and Beyonce's song Be Alive is nominated for Best Original Song. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so, so thinking about the performances a little bit, I think that's really what drives this film, and I think... The, the clear tenants, the tent poles for me are, are Will Smith, Anjanou Ellis, and, and the, the young actress who plays um, Venus, who is uh, Sonia Sid Sidney. Um, because personally, I, I think Will Smith is very good in this movie. It's one of the, the roles where he's not doing a ton of comedy. Like, you're used to seeing Will Smith here doing action or comedy. He's sort of stepped away from those, and he feels, he feels very human and realized, and he's got this mm -hmm. speech pattern that makes him sort of an interesting texture individual um but but frankly i think that uh, that sonia sydney is the star of the show here i think that she's she's my favorite performance in this and i, and I frankly i think she's the best performance because watching essentially her story through the eyes of her father but her story of 
can, winning all these tournaments and, and coming to, to grips with the fact that she's going to be an inspiration with to to all the black girls in America and she's going to be put up against the best tennis player on the face of the planet. Like, and watching her her facial expressions and her emotions go through this, I think that that is, for me, what gave this movie the most heart and made me care the most about it, which is why I'm, I enjoy that last bit so much when it does lean more heavily into her story. But then also, you know, I wish that maybe it had been a more balance between her and Richard. I think that they're both excellent. Um, I, especially that, that scene, as I was mentioning before, when they're on the tennis court at night mm-hmm. um, before they decide to play juniors, I think they both bounce off of each other incredibly well. And, and um, Sonia, is that, is that that's her Sonia first Sydney, yeah. yeah. Or, well, she's I think able it might to be, bounce off. I think it might be Sanaya maybe as well. Oh, I Sanaya, it could be. Um, yeah, it, it I don't know. Be. There's two right. Ys right next to each other, so... But uh, we'll go. We'll go, Sanaya. Take your word okay. for it. Okay. I, I I think she's quite excellent. The way she's able, not only able to emote in those more overt scenes, but the way she looks on the court is really great too. Um, I I but but Will Smith, I I really think is truly deserving of a win here. I think he's able to step into that character in terms of the mannerisms, in terms of the way he moves so well. Whether he's whether at the beginning of the movie and he's trying to fast talk everybody, show off the mm-hmm. brochures and the home videos and everything, or he's in those more heightened dramatic scenes, I really do think he's excellent. Yeah. And I think that while the film isn't comedic, there are lots of comedic moments, and I think Will Smith is just really good at laying in a really yeah. funny line every once in a while. And yeah, they, I mean, it got a got a yeah. chuckle out of me. Yeah, I mean, Will Smith is one of the actors of all time. Like when when you, when you think of actors, especially modern working actors. He comes to mind. And, you know, he is obviously extremely charismatic. He's a very good actor. He's been great in other things that he probably should have won an Oscar for that weren't King Richard. Uh, but I think he is I think he is very good in this. And I won't be heartbroken if he takes place, takes away that 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 best actor award. Um, I think, you know, it is a career award for Will Smith in a lot of yeah. ways. And, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he has a lot of very good oscar moment scenes in this like when the cops come over and he's yelling at them he's 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 really uh venting all these things about that leads me into a question i have but i'll, I'll finish this thought in a second you know he's he's venting about all these things of like you should go you should be arresting these parents who are hard on their children uh in in, in negative to them because that's really the line that richard draws between him and other tennis parents is that he's hard on his kids and he expects a lot from them but he always errs on the side of positivity and that, you know, we juxtapose that with the uh, the other parents at the tennis tournaments who are like, do you even want to be here right now? I can't believe you just lost that match or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. they are, they're erring on the, night of, the side of negativity. But the question I had was, and this is a minor thing, what's the deal with the neighbor? Why did why does she hate the, the Williamses? She does. Uh, Sometimes your neighbors aren't so friendly. I think what, what I that know. was setting up which we never really follow through on is that he is too hard on them. I, I, I think one of the, the, the ideas the film establishes there then drops is mm. that he's having them practice in the rain. Yeah. When I was playing tennis and it rained, you get the day off, but, but not for the Williams. I guess that's why I was never playing at Wimbledon. Yeah. But, Fair. but, that's but, what, but I, but that's I, why you haven't won 23 Wimbledons or whatever. That's the only reason. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but I think that that neighbor plot line was being set up to pay off as something bigger that maybe comes down the line where we have to, we, it blows up that you've been pushing us too hard or something, but it mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. Although that's clearly w- what I think we're going for. Mm-hmm. Y- y- that's the thing. And I feel like she feels kind of like a superfluous character in that conflict 
ends up feeling un- underserved because yeah. because it doesn't come to a head. And I think there is a more to- interesting, toothy, interpersonal narrative there of how do Venus and Serena really feel that they've got no choice of what they do in their lives because their dad has set this out for them. And obviously, they enjoy tennis quite a lot, but do they ever mm-hmm. want to not practice? Do they ever want to do other things? Thing, like engage in other things on, a, on a larger have, level do they have like, friends that aren't their other sisters <laughs> yeah the, the fact that it it doesn't follow through on that i think is is one of the sort of big uh bigger disappointments of this movie because i think there is a very interesting conflict that is established there and the question of is he pushing them too hard is a, a very reasonable question he has designed their entire lives and given them very close to no freedom on on what they want the goal of their lives to be mm-hmm. but then it, it all comes up Richard at the end. <laughs> the, the bigger tension, I think, is between Venus and Serena, which is yeah. a very real, very real-life tension, which came to head in their famous match against each other. But the decision to take Venus forward and kind of put Serena on the bench is one that Serena actually addresses in an interview, saying, like, yeah, I was bummed out, but, like, I just didn't feel ready at that. I, in hindsight, I wasn't ready yet. But we get... We get this scene of, you have to go tell Serena that she's not coming. Uh, it's going to be Venus who goes, not Serena. And then we just cut in that decision. Yeah, exactly. Made, right? yeah, yeah. That conversation <laughs> is not put on screen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a matter of circuitous storytelling. Mm-hmm. But that actually segues into what I really want to talk about, which is actually the scene that happens right after that. The dual montage yeah, of, of I love that. Yeah, Venus yeah, and Serena good. training. Mm-hmm. I think this movie captures the energy of tennis in an incredible way. I love the way that they shoot basically all of the scenes on the court. There's such I think the editing award is perfectly deserved here. Mm-hmm. The, the the or the, the nominee. Yeah. The, the ways that we're we're cutting between those sequences, or I love the match cut of when Great we match see cut. Venus. The three-year skip. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 The time Throw skip. Up that serve. And then it drops somewhere somewhere else. I, I think that they just nail that electricity and the way that it feels to hit that ball and have it bounce and go in and have that perfect shot and everything. It's it's the way that they hang on the overhead before boom, it's all really well executed. Yeah. I think yeah, it's no Mario I, Tennis Ultra Smash, but you know <laughs> what can be. I, I I agree, Abram. I think that the the tennis scenes are are you use the word electric. They're just really captivating. They're just a lot of fun to watch just based on like the pure enjoyment i guess that i get out of sports i'm like oh hell yeah it's it's sports time okay let's watch some (laughs) tennis yeah who's gonna win i will find out that's it it scratched that itch for me it's it's always venus yeah yeah i think so until the end yeah that's Um, that's the thing which i think is is interesting but continue sorry That it, to me, it was done to a point where I was there were you know I w- I noticed a couple times I'm like hmm they are cleverly not showing the ball being hit right now because you know their actors are not actually like you know tennis phenoms out here shooting this but I think the ways that it was shot were were very realistic and it felt like I was watching real tennis even though it certainly wasn't they're doing films so it's fake but I the 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 tennis bit I think deserves. Just that little bit of recognition on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly think that's where the style of this film shines its brightest. I, I, the the aesthetic of the courts and the costume design and the the color palette and the lighting mm-hmm. and the way that there's, you know, the the dark green courts and the light green balls and the um, white shirts with the red stripes. Like, there's a nice color palette to it. And when it's placed mm-hmm. inside of these these sequences where everything is going very fast and it's synced to like string music and stuff, I think that that's where this movie is at its best. Even as someone who's not a tennis fan, not a sports fan, I, I get 
caught up in the heat of this moment. I'm like, this is an incredible filmmaking. Frankly, mm-hmm. I don't know how you properly film a a tennis match on a real tennis match, or, or maybe it is a real tennis match with with pro players, but they have to look like a eleven year old black girls. So I don't like. I, I there's a lot of questions I have about it, but it works very well in the moment. Um, Mr. Trivia, yes. Mr. Uh, trivia. I have, I, I have some trivia here, and you, uh, everyone here just brought up a lot of points that I want to address. But we'll, but oh, okay, we'll, get, to, we'll get to that all in due time. Uh, Sinaya Sydney, who was left-handed, actually had to had Cringe. never played tennis before and had to learn to play right-handed like Venus Williams and had to learn how to play like Venus Williams. Period. One of the greatest to ever play the sport. So uh, she, uh, on top of filming, she had a grueling Monday to Friday training regime that involved a strict diet and exercise, many hours of watching Venus Williams play, you know, throughout her career, uh, her, her decades-long career, uh, ranging from her victories in tournaments to the U- uh, uh, like at the U.S. Open and Wimbledon. So yeah, uh, Sanaya Sydney putting in a lot of work to sort of recreate that Venus Williams style of playing. Which to me, I, I I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't know. I've never watched a professional tennis match, but she sure looks like she knows what she's doing. So I'll give that to her. I um, will say, if I can cut in really quickly, Tanner, yeah, they look it. very good on the court. Okay. Is, is what I'll say. They f- move really well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I can. We'll kind just have of, to trust you on that. I, I'm just trusting like the characters in the movie to be like, oh man, but yeah, they are really good. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're moving fast like, and hitting yeah, the man, ball, I'm like, you're, you're you're right. They are really good. Thanks for letting me know. Um, but I guess working backwards, uh, I'm going to say I really love the score for this, by the way, um, by the by, I did not expect to like notice the score and stuff while I was watching this, but even on the, the first time I watched, it, I'm like, oh, there's some cool tracks in this. And then the, the, on this rewatch that I did last night, I'm like, oh man, I remember these, man, these are, these are awesome. Like the strings and stuff like that, especially in those tennis matches is where yeah. the, the energy of the, of the score comes through. And I think it, it all, uh, works to, uh, up the, to lift up those tennis playing scenes and, uh, working back even further, uh, Whoa. to what Abram was talking about with the, with the dual coaching scenes. Um, I think that's another one of the moments where Anjanou Ellis gets to come through and really shine, uh, in that supporting role as Brandy Williams, because I think Anjanou Ellis is, almost as good as will smith and probably could uh be in the probably maybe be in the the lead actress uh category if she was given more screen time because i think she is genuinely fantastic and is really powerful in any scene that she's given whether it's whether it's something you know a bit not uh, not as heavy as like um that coaching scene where it's cutting back and forth and like you're seeing like oh She's like just as good a coach as Richard is. Like mm-hmm. I can see why they we we spend ninety eight percent of our time with Richard coaching the girls as opposed to Brandy, but he says they're both athletes, and it comes through that like yo oh yeah I see that, that they trade off in their time, and it, it comes across in that just that one scene, and that comes around and pays off when she says yeah I fixed Serena's serve because you messed it up you mm-hmm. you, you you idiot you big dummy Richard. Um, but obviously she's I believe also, that's the line in the script, yeah. I think she says that. And you have Anjanou Ellis's Oscar real moment in that conversation in the kitchen where, yes, she spells out some of, she just blatantly spells out some of Richard's character flaws, but I think she's also genuinely good in sort of like reining in Richard's ego and bringing him down to earth and setting him on that path to actually talk to Venus to see if she wants to play in these tournaments. And that scene is just really, really powerful. 
Mm-hmm. There is one other moment or, or one other <clears throat> facet of these tennis moments I want to talk about, which is the sound design. Now, Timo, you're usually sound man. I am. But today I'm not sound man. I'm going to be cameraman today. You you just wait oh. and see. The, 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 that crack of the, of the ball and the racket and then the ground is perfect. I think this movie sounds awesome. That's I, what really sells these things, what really transports you to the court, in my opinion, is the way that the ball sounds in the racket and, and the shuffling of the feet on, 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 on the court. That, to me, is you need to get that right in a sports movie, and I think they absolutely nail it here. It's very unique sounds, and so I can't even imagine the, the, the links that they went to go and, you know, sound, sound people are crazy. I'll admit it. And um, <laughs> they, so when they're like, oh, we gotta get the ball sounding, they, I bet there's thousands of recordings that they made of squeaks on the on the on the court and the ball hitting the net and the you know everything is it's it is it's also unique and you're right it sounds very very accurate and true to life mm-hmm. what i was going to talk about i mentioned it at the start at the top of the review is the aesthetics of the film i really think you t- you you briefly touched on it tucker but i think mm-hmm. that the color the uh i th- what do you do you know if this film was shot on film it kind of feels like it does the way that stuff plays off each other the production design. I think that the visual unit of the film is super cohesive. Richard as a character is always stands out. He's just, you always know which one he is because he's got the short shorts and the bright clothes, the tennis attire. <laughs> those, those Will Smith booty shorts. <laughs> the Will Smith booty shorts. I think that the tire, the the clothing matches really well with the general color palette of, of this California and Florida setting. It's kind of mm. tropical and the way that it's these soft, warm colors coming through and they all, you know, the, the brighter bits of the frame all have that nice glow and it's just, I think it's just kind of like a, it's a delicious soup just to drink in as you watch. <laughs> I, I, I have, Me drinking soup with my eyes. King, King Richard is really a soupy film. It's a really, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a soup of a movie. Mm-hmm. Did, did the, the, Beyond what I said, did the, any of those moments of cinematography and all those, uh, you know, aesthetic departments stand out to you guys? Um, I think it looks pretty. I mean, there, uh, I'm sure there are some camera movement things that you that you said you like to get into, Timo. But honestly, I, I didn't notice those, and maybe I will in in uh, retrospect no, uh, think about them when you when you talk about it a little bit but I think this is what about when very, you see King Richard for the third time Tanner uh, when when I rewatch King Richard at work tonight of course um but yeah I think it's a pretty looking movie you know I I do really like the costuming and stuff like that I love those I love like the 90s throwback tennis gear just because mm-hmm. like those those crits go those fits go crazy hard my guy <laughs> hello and, fellow Richard Williams kids. In his, Richard Williams in his little short shorts yeah, I mean, you could pull up today and you'd be looking mighty fly in a Richard I Williams would. outfit. I didn't, I didn't really have any, like, specific moments. I think just, like, the vibe and the tone that the, the film sets is just, it brings me in. I like it. I like it a lot. I, what can I say? I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think part of the reason why this movie is so likable is just because of the narrative. The, the, the way we move from playing on what 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 do they does he what does he call tennis the, courts no, know, the, the, the ones in Compton. his neighborhood yeah what does yeah. he call it the, oh, he calls the, it like the compton, compton country Con- club yeah, yeah, yeah the compton, compton country club oh i we haven't talked about john bernthal at all but i love that scene where he's like oh don't don't worry paul oh or don't worry rick i'll make you i'll make sure you don't get shot <laughs> well that's actually where i, I wanted to go tanner the, oh, sure. the way we we progress from there to the clubs down to florida 
out on onto the courts for the juniors tournament and everything is so much fun to watch. And I think part of it is the side characters, the coaches, especially John Bernthal. I put in, in back a lot today that every movie is made better by John Bernthal, and I think this is another critical example of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that he is just so fun with his off with his awful mustache. Awful. And his, Hang on a second. <laughs> He's got Tanner's mustache. I, I will say, uh, if you if you stick around and you watch the uh, the real footage at the end of the movie, they do yeah. they do Rick Macy a lot of favors casting John Bernthal because that guy is just some schmucky guy, white guy from Ohio with uh, a '90s mustache and like a bowl cut mullet thing. Oh going yeah, on. I saw his hair. Like, oh man, what is going on? He's got yeah. big Oliver Tree energy, and they he really does. May, may, he does. make up. <laughs> Makeup and hairstyling deserves to go to this movie just on the fact that they improved John Macy's look so much. Mm-hmm. Well, what Rick, really Rick works is the fact that John Bernthal is in a really good shape. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's, but he, he's I still think in that, Punisher mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He, he adds a lot of humor. I love it. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to fist bump. We're going to go pop the popcorn on the court. Mm. And even at the end as we see him, I think he actually does a. He's got a real subdued but great performance when he's on the sidelines chewing on the toothpick. And mm-hmm. he's... We we see we see Venus go for an overhead and he's like, "There's the we're gonna pop the popcorn," and then she slams it down on the line. Like, he he adds a great dimension to that. And I think that it's these side characters that would kind of roll into this big King Richard snowball as we reach the conclusion to make the movie so enjoyable, even if it is probably a little bit too long. It's mm. really fun for that runtime. Yeah. Yeah. Any other any other thoughts? Or should um, we get to scoring? I like when the guy, when the fancy pants guy shows yes, up again. He's about like, "This him. is gonna be the biggest thing in the history of sports." Forget Ali Frazier. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of sets up that last scene. You're like, "Oh, oh, oh my God, is she gonna do it?" Uh, quick thing about uh, Vicario, by the way. They, they can make a movie about her because apparently her parents stole all of her money that she won out of tennis. Huh. Uh, that's just a little interesting thing that I came across to, came across in the trivia. Speaking of more trivia, by the way, I do have one more thing. All right, um, while Tanner gives us this trivia, let's have yes. our let's have our our score ready to go. Uh, okay. This is this is just a bit of a good guy Will Smith moment. As a thank you to the cast, Will Smith divided his forty million dollar earnings from this film amongst the other actors as bonuses for them. Good. Wait, so he didn't wait, make so he didn't get paid on it. Uh, I think he just. I, I think he just divided. Uh, I think he just divided an amount of it. A, an amount of it. I think he gave himself a portion and then divided. Uh, he got himself a nice portion. steak and shake, and then yeah, he I, do, I, and divide everything else. Will Smith doesn't need that money, but I, I sh- no, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he probably took some of it anyway. But maybe he didn't. You know, Will Smith, don't sue me for libel or whatever. Sorry, I love you. It's not libel if it's the truth, it. Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. That, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. All right. Let, let's give us. Let's give I, this oh, honker a score. Okay. Alrighty. I've got my number. I'm gonna punch yep. it in. In three, two, one. Yeah. Look at okay. This. There we go. Well, the average score is seven point eight. So it's gonna just eke out Nightmare Alley by point two points, going at the new number three. Uh, yeah, the new number three spot. Correct. Mm-hmm. And um, and the point breakdown is going to be it's it's a bit divided two camps there's two sides of the court we're playing doubles here me and Abram on one side <laughs> with eight point seven and eight point one respectively and then Tucker and Tanner with a seven point four and seven point oh on their end so mm-hmm. we're 
We're close. We're close. It's a very, it's a very Abram, nice spread. It's actually Abram, almost an entirely uh, equal spread. Sorry, Timo. I'd like to just applaud you on your doubles joke there. That was that went uh, that went, that flew by. It was very good. Very, oh, thank, very good. thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. I, I, yeah, I'm not sitting nice, in this nice chair serve. for no reason. Uh huh. Well, okay. Actually, I think it actually goes at fourth. That was my mistake. We our our list is is it is not it a bit is out of sorts. <laughs> it's a bit out of sorts. It's a bit we out were, of sorts. But at fourth place. We were trying to call a ball that was in out here, but we gotta we gotta set the record straight on on the court here. But no, I think this movie is quite excellent. Actually, well, actually, that's not true. I think the movie is great. I think the movie could have been excellent with a more nuanced framing of Richard, but I just think it is a fun, empowering, really well-made film. And so it's probably as of the movies we've seen right now, easily my second favorite. Yeah, I think the film. You guys said it. It's a safe movie, even though it doesn't necessarily seem like it is at the outset. Um, but that totally doesn't mean it isn't enjoyable and fun to watch. And like you said at the beginning, I didn't feel the runtime. It's two and a half hours long. I looked at it, I'm like, hmm, two and a half hour long movie. I guess I got to watch it. And then I did, and it was done. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> not, a, not a problem. Was not a, yeah. was not an issue. You know, sometimes you get to that hour and 30 mark and you're like oh my god <laughs> when will this this film had no issues wrapping up nicely yes is it time to move on further down our side quest? as we near the end of it by the way we're we're going I, uh, in we're rolling into our seventh film yeah the seventh film i think tanner you're exactly right let's go find out what the next mission <clears throat> is the next the next quest marker maybe on yeah. our side the quest next, Next quest marker is we'll be we'll be sprinting out of the tennis court and drifting into drive my car. No racing uh, no, in this movie. I want to clarify. No <laughs> racing in the movie. It is not a racing movie. It's quite subdued. In fact, uh, if you had a little, if you had any runtime concerns, this one is coming in at a cool three hours. Oh, the uh, lovely and, best picture winners be like. Yeah. Uh, the 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 little uh, the uh, international edition into the best picture category this yep. year, uh, much deserved. Tucker and I have seen it already, as has Timo. We talked about it on Backlot Banter, our new monthly show, where we talk about what we've been watching this month, and and also do a little topic. Uh, episode two of that just went up, by the way. Major plug right from Tanner right there. Yes, we did talk Absolutely. about Drive My Car on the January episode. So, if you want a little sneak peek, a little preview of what we might say, what we might talk about, mm-hmm. go check it out. But I'm going to give it another watch. I'm going to rewatch it Absolutely. before we review it. And so, this one's this one. Things might change. For our audience, this mm-hmm. is hitting HBO Max on March second. Yes. So if you have that, you can watch it along with us. And if you don't. Figure out how to watch it along with us. Because I, let me just say, we're not going to hold it. your hand. We're Richard Williams over here. We're not going to yeah. hold your hand. We're going to hold you to it. You are, you do. dear Quest viewer, are destined for greatness. And yes. um, and the the only way that you can do that is through unlocking yourself and your power to watch Drive My Car for next time on the Quest for the Bestest. Any final thoughts before we wrap this boy out? No. Not really. Tennis. 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 <laughs> and with that, I will bid you farewell. Peace.